Happy Thanksgiving, cassettes. Yay! Hooray! And welcome to another briefcase from the Black Case Diaries. It's more like, it's an in-between <laughs> yeah. of a briefcase and a regular case. It's shorter than a regular episode, but still has some information. Yeah, in that's yeah. right. We're usually three old friends learning everything we can about movies and TV, and hopefully teaching you in the process. I'm Adam. I'm Marcy. I'm Robin. Hello. I should have said we're three old turkeys. I didn't even... Oh, <gasps> son of a gun. I didn't Gosh. even think about it. You gobbled it up. <sighs> this month, we talked all about movies that were based on books. Which was a fun time. It was yeah, a good time. Loved it. But since it's still November, we're continuing that theme with a British TV special from 1982. Yeah. Not a novel. But it's a you book. Know, still based on a book. <laughs> so it counts. Yes. <laughs> In September of 1978, children's author Raymond Briggs published The Snowman, a wordless picture book that detailed the story of a young boy embarking on a wondrous adventure with the snowman he built that day. Before that, Briggs had repulsed critics with a picture book called Fungus the Boogeyman. And before that... (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) And before that, he published a bestseller about a grumpy old man that didn't even want to work one day a year. That book was called Father Christmas and detailed the life of Santa Claus. Sure, it's one day a year, but man, is it difficult. It's a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, for sure. So the fungus, the boogeyman thing, apparently (laughs) he wrote, it's kind of like a graphic novel type deal where Uh it's got the panels and, you know. Nice. Yeah. And people were just so repulsed by this book. Oh, no. Someone said, I think someone said it was porn for the pre-potty trained. Oh, what? What? <laughs> what the hell? You can't make that, that stuff that... up. No, I don't. No, you I, can't. I don't know why they said that. I it, apparently just because they talk about mucus and slime and spoiled milk and gross things. But when Briggs set out to write the Snowman, he wanted a story that was so quiet he didn't include any words. The book begins with the comic strip-like illustrations, panels that increase in size as the story unfolds, leading up to a beautiful double-page spreads. The illustrations guide the reader through a nostalgic tale filled with the magic of childhood. The Snowman is one of Briggs' best-known books, returning to collective memory every holiday season. It wasn't long after its release that a half-hour animated special based on the book premiered on Channel 4 in Great Britain in December of 1982. What a time. (laughs) (laughs) What a time to be alive, which we weren't, but... no. The short film received commercial and critical acclaim, and according to the Snowman official website, it has aired on Channel 4 in Great Britain every year since 1982. So come join us from wherever you are, in whatever weather, to talk about this classic that touched the hearts of millions of people. Yeah! Hooray! Including these three turkeys right here. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, like Adam said, this is a briefcase. Briefcases are usually less formal, and mm-hmm. we don't talk, teach you stuff or learn things. We're actually going to talk a little bit about the history of it, but it's going to be much shorter than a regular episode. Yeah. So you can listen to it and then go back to dinner, right. whatever it is you're doing today. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're releasing this on Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yes. If you need a break from your fam, <laughs> then we're here for yes. you. <laughs> we are Come. here for you. So when did when did you guys first see this this special? I believe 
Robin showed it to me. That sounds about right. Yeah. Nice, uh, nice I don't remember exactly when. A while ago, though, honestly. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. I first saw when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. My mom showed it to me. She was, my mother was obsessed with snowmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, she thought they were very cute. Yes. And I remember her bringing this home, I think, from the library. So she knew what it was, and she was like really excited. Oh, you're gonna love this! Oh, I love this! It's it's so beautiful. I remember she had made us all sit down, mm-hmm. you know, and watch oh, it on the yeah. TV. I don't remember anything about the beginning of it. If it was the David Bowie version or if it was the original right, version, right. Mm-hmm. but I do remember just how excited she was, and it. it I mean, but I loved it. It's beautiful. Yeah, I had a similar experience. I saw it when I was very young for the first time. But I don't remember whether it was at home or if I was out somewhere with a group and saw it, because I remember seeing it in groups before, like we were at some kind of Christmas or holiday thing, and they yeah. and they showed this on like a screen or a projector uh, or something mm-hmm. like that. But that may have not been the first time I saw it. Ever since then, I've always loved it. I did have a little bit of experience with silent things because one of my favorite cartoons is Tom and Jerry. That's about the extent of it, though. Mm-hmm. It's def- I'm definitely not used to something longer than a cartoon episode be silent, so it's <laughs> definitely unique in that way. I remember asking her when they were going to start talking. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Now, I love it even more for that reason. Yeah. When you're young, you're like, you know, when does it start, really? When, is, when do they talk? What's the story here? But now, looking back at it, I love it so much more because it doesn't need the dialogue to tell you yeah. what's going on. It's it's very calming. I'm a sleeper. Yeah, you okay? went to sleep. I, we were rewatching I think this. Every and... time I've seen it, I've probably fallen asleep. So do you even know so... what the ending is? I don't think oh, so. I think on. this time I think I woke you up before I think the I, end. Yeah, yeah. We, I remember them flying. <laughs> we need to, oh my god! We need to hook her up to some kind of buzzer. <laughs> so when we see her sleeping, just. And, but I wonder just if such like good music and it's it so is. Yeah, maybe we should have you it. watch it on mute and then you won't fall asleep. Oh, there okay, you go. That might the work. music won't be there. <laughs> That's a good point. I wonder if that would make a difference. But, I don't know. But really, the music is one of my favorite things about it too. Yeah. Aside it's from beautiful, you know. You yeah. mentioned the animation and it's mm-hmm. gorgeous too. It's so much, it's exactly like the book and it's beautifully done, but the music really sells the whole thing. Mm-hmm. The music's the best part of this, I yeah. think. Yeah. I don't think it would be nearly as successful as it was without the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is yeah. beautiful. I love it. I, I do also have to say that he, this little boy makes this beautiful snowman. <laughs> Like, such oh, a yeah. perfect, awesome <laughs> snowman. Mine was never that yeah, good. Yeah, <laughs> and it's got so much character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yep. It's it's not your stereotypical three-lump snowman, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? Yep. It's such an... It, like it is like a human man. Distinct arms and yeah. distinct yeah. legs. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, it's not like... I mean, I guess Frosty is kind of the same way, but yeah. it's so much more, like, human. It must have been easier to animate than a... Yeah, true. Mm Because he can just walk around. Right. Like they, you know, he gave (laughs) him legs. He didn't give him just like a lump. Exactly. (laughs) All right. So talk a little bit about the making of it now. Raymond Briggs went to art school to become a cartoonist, but eventually found himself writing his own stories. By the time he published The Snowman, 
He had a successful career as an illustrator for at least 20 years. Yeah. All he wanted to do was be an illustrator. And he said that people just started handing him stuff that was so poorly written Mm. that he was like, I could do better. And that's why I started writing books. Nice. Nice. Because the snowman relies only on imagery, it was more important than ever for the illustrations to make the viewer feel the action of the story. Briggs said, that's the essence of good illustrating, I think, where the drawer really feels a feeling that a figure in the picture is feeling. You've got to feel what it's like to fly, feel what it's like to slow down as you land, and yet you've got to be outside observing it. Very difficult. I'm thinking of giving it up. (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) And it's so interesting, that quote, to think about because somebody who's so good at their craft would start to think that eventually just because they're like, (laughs) you know, you become a perfectionist so much that you get tired. Not tired of it, but just tired because you're like, if it's not absolutely up to my standards then I'm not going to release anything. And then it you know, slows down the whole process, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. That's something that we touched on in our history of animation episode. I mm-hmm. remember talking about this, the animators saying, you know, we want to draw stuff that we can imagine happening, you know, and that, yeah. you know, having the perspective of knowing what something actually looks like or feels like really helps when you're animating. Because yeah. if you don't have that perspective, then the audience kind of, they don't notice it, but they do. Yeah. Right. That's why a lot of times they have mirrors at their desk when they're animating. Producer John Coates of the animation studio TVC became interested in optioning the story for a short film. TVC was a well-established studio that had created the animated film Yellow Submarine in the late 1960s. Wow. All right. Yellow Submarine. Yeah. That's a weird one. (laughs) (laughs) They did this, the Beatles TV show. They did a lot of things. They were pretty well, mostly commercials. Mm. (laughs) Coates had two assistant animators, Hilary Otis and Joanna Harrison, buy a dozen copies of the book and start cutting it up to make a mock-up animation. Wow, that's all right. <laughs> well, that's how they got it to look so, I so mean, similar, yeah, huh? Yeah, I guess so. John Coates brought the idea to Sir Jeremy Isaacs, the chief executive of Channel 4 at the time. The channel was brand new, and the snowman was actually one of the first things they ever did. Isaacs felt it would be a stark contrast from the other programming that they had planned for the channel, but it was so delightful that he gave it the green light. Freaking good job he did. I mean, if they're still showing it since the 80s, like, obviously it was a good idea. Yeah, almost 40 years they've been showing it. According to the Animation World Network, Coates mortgaged his own house to help pay for the project. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, Wow. Yeah. So I guess that he kind of sat on the on the option thing for like a year. (laughs) He was running out of time and he had to throw this pitch together and then channel four was brand new it had just started he kind of went to them before the channel was even airing yet they were just like (laughs) making the plans yeah yeah so it was one of the first things to ever air because the the channel started i think in november of that year and this aired in december wow wow that is a strong start to your channel (laughs) yeah 
Director Diane Jackson, who had worked on TV commercials for several years, took over the project and created the Storyboard Bible. This Bible was not to be changed by anyone except for the director or producer. The animators and the composer, Howard Blake, timed the storyboard and used it as their guide to finishing the final project. Yeah, it's perfectly timed with the music. That was, we just yeah. talked about it before. It's, mm-hmm. you know, the the dialogue is replaced with music, essentially, because yeah. it's so integral to what's happening. They were a small team of about eight animators, and they were all given their own sequence to animate. The animators started by creating keyframes of movement, filling in more drawings based on the timing of the scene. Each drawing was sent to a coloring artist that used colored pencils to fill in the detail. Each image takes about 45 minutes to an hour to color. Wow. <sighs> Good thing it's only 26 minutes. I don't know about, <laughs> I don't know about an hour and a half of this. Yeah. <laughs> but that's why it looks perfectly like the book. I know, it's beautiful. Oh, yeah. And you can tell, while we were watching it, I brought it up how you can see kind of the flickering between frames almost mm-hmm. because the textures on their clothes or on the snow and all these things, whenever it's going from frame to frame, you can see like the scribble yeah. of yeah. them coloring it in has changed and it gives it the perfect storybook feel. Oh, yeah. It, it's imperfect. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that, you know, you watch it and you feel like humans did this. Yeah. 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 You know, and so you feel that human element. As we said, one of the most unique visual elements of the snowman is the look and the texture of the backgrounds. A background artist would layer every scene with pencil shading, resulting in no solid colors. Because of this, the texture of the paper showed through, giving the feel of a picture book. And it's almost when you're watching it, it's like you can feel yourself turning the page of the Mm -hmm. book Mm -hmm. because it's, you know, that's, we all know what books feel like. Right. You know, in picture (laughs) books especially, they have kind of a heavier, glossier feel Mm -hmm. to the page. I kind of imagine it like, if you were to watch an old movie on a projector, you kind of see the film, you know, flicker as mm-hmm. each frame yeah. goes through. It's the same thing, except it's kind of an aesthetic choice yeah. to make it feel like turning pages. Mm-hmm. The snowman used cell animation, meaning the artists would draw the moving elements of the short film on cells, which would then be placed on a static background and photographed one by one. Mm. That is a. Old school way to do it, but it's so It good. is. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Imagine if you had like a cell from, from this. Oh. That would be so cool. Yeah. So many times I've wanted to buy cells <laughs> from animated things. Like They yeah. go up online every once in a while, and I'm like, oh, I just can't do it. I, the first time I even heard about cell animation was I was watching a thing about how they made Winnie the Pooh, mm-hmm. The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, and I saw that, and it blew my mind. The concept, <laughs> I was like, oh. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> it looks like cheating, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, because it was just like, oh, here's the background, and we just kind of wear a plop Winnie the Pooh here. Yep. He's, uh, there he is. Yep. <laughs> what, you mean you didn't draw the in- all <laughs> of the characters and the background again? again? Yeah. That would be Dare too much. Not. Yeah. The animators have said that they feel like the snowman wouldn't look right if it wasn't hand-drawn. We believe that, too. That's yeah. for sure. They yes. said that a computer would make it too perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. In 2012, Briggs signed off on an animated sequel to the short film, which was also hand-drawn. 
Yeah. It's the snowman and the snow dog, I think. There's a, it's a dog. I'm in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sold. When the short film made its way to the U.S. in 1984, the American broadcasters wanted a new introduction with a famous person. So they chose <laughs> David Bowie. <laughs> Heck yeah, they did. Yeah. Apparently, so it, this came out in 82 in the UK. It was super popular. The soundtrack was selling pretty well. So they were like, we got to get this over to the United States. When they were trying to figure that out, the studios in the United States said, well, these things are sponsored. And mm-hmm. to get a sponsor, we're going to need a famous person. So they were like, oh, okay. I, okay, right. I guess, yeah. I think I saw a funny quote from Raymond Briggs. He was like, yeah, the US, they wanted someone far more notable than I. Rightly so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. I get it, I guess. But I'm, it's also a little bit annoying that they feel the need to do that. It's definitely on brand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, yep, for sure. Just, yeah. Just like Charlie Brown being sponsored by Coke. <laughs> yes. yes, at the time it was sponsored by <laughs> yeah. Coke and it was, yeah. Bowie had already gotten in touch with this studio to work on an upcoming film. And even though the producers were nervous to ask him, he happily recorded the new intro. It was really sweet. They said he was really nice about it. And there was this one story where it was one of these, one of the assistant animators. Mm-hmm. And so she went in and she had a photo for him to sign and she was really excited. And then once he got in there, though, she wasn't allowed to meet with him. Mm-hmm. They, uh. they took him back in and, mm-hmm. you know, the only higher ups were allowed in there. And she was upset about that. And so she just left the stuff there and then did, the, did her project. And then later on came back and found that he had seen the picture and that oh. he signed it. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness. Which I man. think is really sweet. Yeah, because she had she'd brought like the pen and everything. Oh, yeah. she and was so I, like, obviously that's what Yeah, this is. so he saw it and was like, oh, I think somebody wants me to sign this. So oh, he did. Yeah. I think that's so oh, sweet. That's really that's sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. For the twentieth anniversary of the short, the original animators created an opening sequence introducing the story with Father Christmas. This was done in the traditional hand-drawn style, so it would match the animation. Yeah. They had some of the original people. That's super cool, man. The short begins with a little boy waking up to a snowy day, and he's so excited that he forgets to put on his underpants before his trousers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Roger Mainwood, the man that animated the sequence, said that the number one question that he got from children was, why didn't he put on his pants? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's true though yeah i mean you notice it it's yeah we look, even talked about it watching yeah. it yeah. this time especially they look like jeans yes yeah. i have to assume they chafing. were jeans. <laughs> <The> chafing <laughs> like, that's a dangerous zipper my man <laughs> you gotta put on underwear <laughs> oh my gosh Mainwood said it was simply because there wasn't enough time in the scene for it. Uh, I but, guess so. it makes which, sense. You know but... what? I think my I think, you know, when he pulls down his pajamas mm-hmm. and we see his little behind mm-hmm. and then he pulls up his pants, if he had just pulled on the pajamas and the underwear was on uh, yeah, already perfect. and yeah. then Yeah. Exactly. Solved it, you fools. <laughs> <laughs> in Briggs's book. The boy and the snowman sit in the family car and play with the lights. One of the assistant animators, Hilary Otis, was a motorcyclist at the time and came up with the idea that they go for a ride. This way, the story could interact with the countryside and location of the story. 
The number on the motorcycle plate was the animator's house number. Oh, huge. Yeah. This is a really cool scene because we know that they fly over all of this. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. But without the motorcycle scene, there's no on the ground really getting into the countryside of it, right? Mm Mm-hmm. With the motorcycle scene, you're right in the thick of where this kid lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you get that really cool piece um, with the horse ru- running alongside it, and it's just a really great scene. It's beautiful. Yeah. So it's, it, you'd think that it would clash, I guess, with the flying because it kind of does the same thing, but it does it in such a different way that I think it still fits in yeah. incredibly well. I think it's cool because it's the human way. Right, you right. know, it's he, they, they're each doing this exploring thing, yeah. but one of them, one of the ways is, you know, let me let you into my world, and mm-hmm. then the snowman's like, let's shoot, let me let you into into my world here. We'll <laughs> do some flying, yeah, head to the North Pole. That's yeah. that's true because that's kind of what the kid was doing the entire time. Yeah, just kind of showing him the inside of the house and how things are done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the snowman's like, okay, got it. Now I'll show you Santa Claus. You excited? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ready? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Joanna Harrison animated the scene in the bedroom when the snowman tries on false teeth. Harrison actually asked her grandmother to take out her false teeth so she could draw them. <laughs> wow, nice. That's funny. They said they were very much, they, my, a lot of the animators are in this, you know, just little mm-hmm. bits of their lives they were able to put in here. Near the end of the short, the boy and the snowman travel to the North Pole and meet Father Christmas. Harrison and Otis were the ones that came up with the idea to incorporate the character simply because he was a subject from another of Briggs's books. Briggs thought it was a corny idea, but later said that he was wrong and that it worked out just fine. <laughs> yeah, it's a very simple touch. The boy also receives a Christmas present in the film with a tag that says James. Joanna Harrison wrote the name on the tag because she was dating a man with that name, and it just stuck. The gift is a blue scarf with a snowman on it. Two props of the scarf were eventually made, one given to David Bowie. Oh, cute. Yeah, they used the prop in his live action sequence where he Mm -hmm. introduces the short. He puts on the scarf and he talks about it. Yeah. And so they gave it to him and he gave it to his son, he said. Yeah, so the character's name, the boy's name is James because she was dating a man named James. (laughs) And she got married to him. And to my knowledge, they're still married. So, yeah. I was going to say, it would be a shame if it were an ex. Yeah. (laughs) That you put in this really nice animation. That'd be rough, yeah. That would be rough. And he's the guy that she, she was the one who had David Bowie sign her. Oh, even cuter. Yeah. (laughs) The most iconic part of the short, and possibly what made it stick in the minds of viewers, is the scene where James, the boy, takes off with the snowman. The pair fly across the world to a hauntingly beautiful song by composer Howard Blake. Blake had originally written the tune over ten years earlier while walking on a beach. He felt the music held the sensation of innocence. Blake was visiting a friend at the studio when John Coates asked him if he would consider writing a song for the film. Blake reportedly said, I think I may have something. All that, right, yeah. that's super cool. That's yeah, cool. and then he started to play it, and you know they could see that they were looking at the animations, and he started playing this song, and I don't think it had lyrics yet. Yeah, and they were just, they said it was like magic. They that's knew amazing. it. They said it was like the spark. It couldn't have been more perfect. Yeah, this they had never. It, it was just the it. It was so perfect, and it was amazing that he had come up with it before outside of this. Yeah, yeah. Blake scored the entire short film 
using music to convey every moment of animation. He could play the music and tell you exactly what is happening with each sound. You know, they don't use sound effects. Right. The music tells you everything. Yeah. Peter Audi was a 13-year-old choir boy when he recorded the song for the special. Coates later blamed his lack of agent on the fact that the production forgot to credit him. So audiences weren't aware that it was him. He went on to be an operatic tenor. Many people believe that singer Alan Jones recorded the original version because his cover of the song topped the charts a couple of years later. Oh, (laughs) When they re-released it for the 20th anniversary, they credited... They credited him. That's good. And he he was really good natured about it. He was just like, it's fine. It's only a little annoying because Alan Jones has a lot more money than I do. Right. But yeah. <laughs> he's like, but you know, other than that, I don't really care. Yeah. I mean, he still did it. Yeah. And the and people who really care know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Of course, all great things must come to an end. When James wakes up the next morning, the score reminds us of the excitement from the day before as he runs downstairs to find his friend has melted. The scene is incredibly poignant, especially as the music shifts quickly to a minor sound. Yeah. I mean, we just rewatched it, and I was just like, hold it together. Yeah, yeah. Don't cry. <laughs> Have you guys ever cried watching this? I mean, you've never seen I, the end. I'm sorry. I woke up at the end, so I I was saddened. I could tell what have, happened. Yeah, but... it doesn't have as much of an impact if you don't watch the whole thing. <laughs> I can't say that I've actually cried, but I definitely feel sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's kind of heartbreaking because you think there'll be a hook where it's like, oh, he'll be back next Christmas. Mm-hmm. Just like, for, you know, you expect that from Frosty because he's always, at the yeah. end of the yeah. freaking Well, see, at Frosty, song, he doesn't melt. He just runs away. He goes to the uh, North Pole yeah. and, and he never melts. But he'll, you know, there's the idea that he'll be back for next Christmas, right? Yeah. The, oh, maybe they'll imply it this time. Yeah. It's just the hat and scarf on the ground. And it's like, oh. Oh, man. Yeah. No. And the song. Let's talk about the song for a second. What do you guys think of the song? So I think hauntingly beautiful is the correct word for this. Yeah. Because it's so deeply magical and moving. Yeah. And yet being sung by a child, it's a rare thing to hear that kind of a voice in a song like this. Because most of the time children sing children's songs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or covers of songs. Yeah. And they change words for kids and bop and things like that. It's usually like a childlike quality. Yeah. But yeah. this is kind of like a child sounding like an adult. Yeah. Like yeah. trying, you know, mm-hmm. it's perfect pitch, perfect. Right. You know, a trained singer. Yeah. Very operatic. Exa- yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like what he was going to, he mm-hmm. became as an adult. Yeah, it makes sense because it worked out perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously very good at it. Yeah. Very. It's not like happy sounding it's not like sleigh yeah. bells and no we're having a great time flying around <laughs> yeah. it's just like this awe of yeah. that feeling right the kid is so he's so taken aback with the feeling of flying with the snowman mm-hmm. and just the absolute wonder of what's happening right now yeah it's it is a lot like innocence you know mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is the picture of innocence right yeah. he builds a snowman and this child on a whim, checked on him in the middle of the night. Right. And mm-hmm. turns out he came to life, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's just so much innocence in that. And it's it's very beautiful. And just the whole sequence, you know, the animation here is incredible. And I love, like, just hearing the opening piano chords. 
when this starts, I'm like, let's go. I'm so excited <laughs> when so I, you know ready. what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm, this is really cool. There's just one, this beautiful simplicity with the lyrics and just mm-hmm. the people down below are sleeping as we fly. Like just, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you know, the magic of being awake when other people aren't. Right. That's something that, yeah. you know, kids really focus on that. You know, sometimes it's just, there's something special about that. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing something that other people aren't. I'm, ex- I'm mm-hmm. awake when I'm not supposed to be. It's exciting and it's cool. It's an incredible piece. It's the whole, it's really the climax of the short. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. not only is the music gorgeous, the animation's amazing. It, it's the time in every animated movie when the animators get to like show off a little yeah. bit, right? <laughs> this is that time. It's so illustrated because it's not perfect, right? Mm-hmm. It's not. These mountains are implied. These trees are implied. The people on the ground with the lights of the buildings mm-hmm. is implied. And it's still, we we totally get it just by looking at the way it's flowing and it's moving. Again, the texture of the paper, mm-hmm. all these things coming together. And it's just, it's, I don't know, it's incredible. I, I wish I had more words to say. <laughs> As James mourns the loss of the snowman, he reaches into his pocket to discover that the scarf that the snowman had given to him was real. So he comes out and the snowman is gone. And obviously this is heart wrenching mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and it's very sad. But then he reaches into his pocket and he in the scarf. And so because of that, it ends more on a mystical note. Right. Yeah. Instead of a sad note. Right. And in a way, maybe could imply that the snowman will be back either next Christmas yeah. or, or something like that yeah. because that he's, that, he's magic. The magic exists. Yeah. 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 It's real. Composer Howard Blake remarked, I think why it touches so many people is the friend melts and it's something we all experience. We lose somebody we're really fond of and he's absolutely heartbroken, but then he has the memory and the memory is symbolized by the scarf. Briggs has said that it didn't occur to him at the time that the snowman is like a friend, and children see him as a real person. He received many letters asking him to bring the snowman back, to which he replied, ghastly idea. Oh, boy. <laughs> ah. Don't be rude to the children. <laughs> I understand why, because it's, you know, that's the part of the impact, part mm-hmm. of what makes it so special. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and they said, you know, we understand that children, children know that bad things happen, you yeah. know? And keeping that stuff out of their media it isn't necessarily a good idea. No. Yeah, it discredits some of the stuff that children can handle. Yeah. It helps prepare them mm-hmm. for reality instead of shielding them from it. But also, if I'm going to be honest, I'd say 90% of the people that cry at this are adults. Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so how was this received? Well, when the snowman first hit shelves, it sold fairly well. It wasn't until the animated film debuted that the book started flying off the shelves. Hell yeah. <laughs> Just like the snowman. <laughs> I was going to say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Same thought. Wow. So that publishing house was like, yes. Heck yeah. Let's Cha-ching. start printing those babies again. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And it helps that the the short and the in the book are the like I mean the story is slightly different, mm-hmm. but it's just just illustrations. It's just it's yep. the same. The the mm-hmm. look is the same. Right. Right. The short was nominated for an Oscar, which it did not win. 
However, it did win the BAFTA for Best Children's Program. Yay! Oh, yeah. That's good. I wonder what it lost to. Yeah, me too. Yeah. (laughs) It it will probably win the Bosker. It will probably win the (laughs) Bosker. probably. For Best Animated Short. Jury's still out, but we'll see. (laughs) Yeah. If anyone forgot, the Bosker is the Black Ace Diaries Oscar. Yes. Keep hammering that down into your head. (laughs) Never forget. This might be their first episode. Who knows? Mm, Yeah. Welcome. The Snowman has been adapted into a stage show and ballet. Oh, yeah. cool. Very nice. I'd like to see that. Very cute. That would make a good ballet. Yeah. This classic will be 40 years old next year, and it continues to delight audiences to this day. This one doesn't immediately come to mind when I think of the best holiday specials, or holiday specials rather, that I watch every year. Mm-hmm. But to some, it is that, and that is, you know, the best you can get. Like, that is is the highest honor a Christmas special can receive, Mm -hmm. is to be watched every year by people. Yeah. I, this is one of my favorites. I think a lot, most of it because of my mom, Mm -hmm. and because she loved it, and she was so excited to share it with us, and I think that was... That's what I'll remember when I watch it. Absolutely. And yeah. so I, it is one of my favorites because it's just, it so succinctly conveys such a complex mm-hmm. idea and message. And it's, it's just so beautiful to watch. And, you know. Yeah, it is beautiful. I need to watch it every year. Maybe one of these years I'll see the whole thing. I thought you. <laughs> I need to watch it. I really, I really should. Really yeah. should watch this. I mean, yeah. I, she was I've on her seen... phone the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> these kids and their phones. Oh my uh. gosh. <laughs> these adults in their sleep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if I had to put it alongside other specials, it's for sure up at the top. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it is from the UK and it's probably more popular over there. Among these other specials, though, when you really put them side by side, it's like, I mean, top tier, golden, platinum mm-hmm. star. Yeah. You know, <laughs> all, all the things. It's kind of hard to even compare it to the right, other ones. Right. Because it's yeah. so different. Mm-hmm. It is. I understand why when you're gathering with your family, you want to you wanna watch Rudolph the Red. You know, like I get, I get that. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense to me. But I love how quiet this is, how calm, peaceful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From the moment the snowman begins, it evokes a special kind of nostalgia. There are elements to the story and imagery that we all can relate to in some way. The film is a perfect marriage of visuals and music, and it poignantly portrays the magical, beautiful, and fleeting nature of life. I mean, what hasn't been said yet? It's absolutely wonderful. You must go see it if you haven't. And if you have, then just watch it again. Why not? Please show it to your children. It's Mm -hmm. the time to watch it. You know, the season is upon us. So, oh boy, get to it. Sure is, isn't it? (laughs) Already. So, thank you for joining us from wherever and whenever you are. This is a briefcase closed. Tiny clap. Little clap. Oh, thank you. I won't run through the whole spiel, but just check out blackcasediaries.com. You know the rest. And we hope you have a wonderful holiday season. You'll be hearing from us again very soon. Yes. Mm -hmm. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah. We're thankful for you guys. We really are. Thank you. And tell us how you feel about the snowman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let us know. Bye. Bye. (laughs) See ya.
I remember that winter because it brought the heaviest snow that I had ever seen. Snow had fallen steadily all night long, and in the morning I awoke in a room filled with light and silence. 